In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Dumber than animals. That's Isaiah's opening salvo, or rather, God's opening salvo against the people. Even a dumb ox knows who its owner is. Even a stubborn donkey acknowledges the crib, the manger, in which its master throws hay. But Israel is dumber than an ox and more stubborn than a donkey. And what is said of Israel could be said of the Gentiles as well, who, by their unrighteousness, suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. It is rightly said there is none so blind as those who refuse to see. All around us are people who refuse to see, who do not believe, even in our families. And perhaps we feel this most of all during Christmas, when we are all gathered, but not all share the same joy. We want so badly for others to believe, to know the warmth and joy of God's Son. If only somehow we could get them to see, to know, to understand. If only we could find the right words to say at exactly the right time. If only we could make the right argument or not be so argumentative. If only we had been harsher and less compromising in the past. If only we had been more gentle, more patient and accepting. If only we had done more. If only we had pushed less. But whatever relative truth there may be in this, you see that these thoughts are futile. They, the scriptures say, are without excuse. And if we don't rein ourselves in and conform our own thinking to that of the scriptures, then our thoughts will become more futile still. Maybe God doesn't want that person to be saved. If it's by his grace alone, why does he not cause them to believe? Why does he not cause them, force them even, to know, to understand, to see? But here again what God says, Children I have brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his owner, the donkey knows his master's crib, 
but my children do not know me. It's an incredible thing to hear, but God openly mourns and laments for his children who have rebelled against him. There are indeed none so blind as those who refuse to see. It's not as if God has made the unbeliever dumber than the ox. If he gave even the dumb ox the ability to know its owner, he has certainly given us the ability to know him. And it's not that God has made the unbeliever more stubborn than a donkey. If he gave even the stubborn donkey the ability to know its master's crib, he has certainly given us the ability to know that it is he who feeds us, he who gives us our very lives. Every ox and every donkey bear witness that God desires all men to be reconciled to him, to know him, to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He has made us smarter than the ox and less stubborn than the donkey. We are human beings made in his image. If we do not know him, it is for one reason and one reason only. We have refused and rebelled. God desires that all of his creatures would know him and be reconciled to him. So it is the unbeliever who chooses to be dumber than the ox and more stubborn than a donkey. Once again, there is none so blind as he who refuses to see. More on this to come. But shifting gears, the Christmas crash or nativity or whatever your family happens to call the little three-dimensional figurines of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men gathered around the manger, that actually comes to us from the medieval period. Its popularity traces back to the 12th century and is said to have been brought about largely by Francis of Assisi. Now, just as it was popular in the 20th century to demythologize Christianity, it's become popular in this century to demythologize the nativity. The demythologizers of Christianity gave us such brilliant insights as men don't rise from the dead, ergo, Jesus isn't really risen from the dead. Likewise, it's scientifically impossible to do miracles like multiplying loaves and fish or turning water into wine, ergo Jesus actually never did any miracles. And of course, predictably, virgins don't conceive, ergo Jesus' miraculous birth wasn't miraculous at all. The irony is that these demythologizers of Christianity not only thought themselves to be Christians, they thought that they were doing us all a favor and heroically saving Christianity for the modern intellectual man. That without their efforts, Christianity would have perished. To which the rest of us collectively say, thanks for nothing. Now with a similar kind of arrogance today, some rush to demythologize the creche or nativity, as if we foolish Christian people, bereft of both Bibles and Google, need these geniuses to drop such hard-hitting truth bombs on us as the stable wasn't actually an A-frame. 
the wise men weren't actually present at the manger. And there may not actually have been three of them. Once again, thanks for nothing. Anyone who's been a Christian longer than five minutes would say, the nativity isn't a myth in need of demythologizing. It's art to be enjoyed. And you know-it-alls are precisely why we Christians can't have anything nice. So often it's the same folks telling us that everything that's wrong with our nativity scenes are those same folks who are stripping the cross off the church wall to put up a big screen on which they project a picture of themselves. In other words, these people uh, understand very little of theology and apparently even less about art. Now back to the nativity, and rather than touch on all of it, I'll simply point out a few quick things. We know that they didn't have A-frame stables back then. It's an A-frame because the artist wants us to think about the church. The Christ child has come, and though, we can no, and though he can no longer be found in a manger, he can be found in a church. Wherever the word of Jesus is preached and the sacraments of Jesus are given, there Jesus is. We also know that the Bible never says that the wise men rode on camels or wore crowns. And we certainly know that the Bible never says that they showed up at the manger. But they're included in the nativity so that we remember what Isaiah says. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Sometimes nativities have camels. So we're reminded that Isaiah also says, A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense. In other words, including the magi and the camels in the nativity isn't done for historical accuracy, but for the communication of biblical truth. This child came not only for the Jews, but for all. So, too, we know that the Bible never says that any lambs accompanied the shepherds. But every nativity, or nearly every nativity, includes a little lamb or two. Isaiah says, All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall come with acceptance on my altar. We might also say, Just as the shepherds show us that this child is the good shepherd, so the lambs show us that this child is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And last but not least, we come full circle back to that ox and donkey you may have noticed in your nativity set. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. And that not any New Testament account, is why we have the ox and donkey in our nativity set. So that when you see these animals, you would remember that God begrudges no one their salvation. He wants each and every person to be saved, to receive the gift of his Son, to know their Master, and to see in him the forgiveness of all their sins. 
those who reject him and rebel against his forgiveness and love make themselves dumber than an ox and more stubborn than a donkey. For if God gives even the ox to know its owner and a donkey to know its master's crib, then he also gives you to know who he is, the owner, the master, the maker, and redeemer of all things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.